Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. Oh, I was a little late there. A little bit. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying get, to my, get your water. Trying to get my water opened. Hi, guys. Uh, welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. My name is Megan. I'm Tyler. And this is our podcast where we uh, review whiskey and teach the other something interesting. Exactly. And boy, do I have a... I, I thought it was a very interesting topic this week. Um, okay. So I'm excited to get to that. Um, but before we do that, we are on episode 28. 28, guys. That's... Not bad. Over over half a year. So yep. uh, we're impressed with that. We're going to... Go us. Yes. Go us. Our heads are not going to fit through the door. They're, they're <laughs> going to be so big. Um, we're excited. Man, I keep I keep clipping over here. That's not good. That is not good. Um, we are excited to be here. Sorry, making a small audio adjustment on the fly. Um, today, so we've got some announcements. Yep, yep, um, yep. As always, you know, you can check us out at whiskeyandwonder.com. I put the ad in there. <laughs> I just combined the email and the website. Check us out at whiskeyandwonder.com or email us at... Contact, contact at, at whiskeyandwonder.com. Whiskey yes. All this is in the show notes if I butcher it. Wow, Tyler. Yeah, I sad thing is I've got it on my screen here. Um <laughs> oh, yep. So my friend. Yeah. Uh it's it's been a long day. <laughs> I get that. Um so like I said, whiskeyandwonder.com. That's our website. Go check us out. You can buy stuff from our shop there and see our sponsors, which are currently none. Um so if you want to sponsor us, that'd be cool too. Please sponsor us. Um, check us out on YouTube, Whiskey and Wonder. Uh, email us at contact at whiskeyandwonder.com. And all the other stuff you can see either on the screen if you're on YouTube or you can find it in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast. Um, so announcements. On our website, we've got some stuff for sale. We've got stickers for $3. They're good for your car, good for your house. Good for your walls. Give your dog if you want to do that. Whatever you want to put them on. You know, don't you, put a sticker on your dog. If you want to get some and go stick them on street signs or random places around your town, take a picture of it. Tag us on it. One hundred percent. We would absolutely love to see stuff like that. Yeah, that would be so cool. Um, maybe we'll even do a little giveaway or something like that. I um, can see that happening. We do have whiskey tumbler glasses with our logos etched. Uh, you can find all that information on our shop page as well. Um, you'll have to email us for those specifically because we have to manually calculate shipping. But that's a fairly easy process. Um, Patreon is live. If you feel like donating there, we are uh, patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder. Uh, we are working on some added content. Uh, it's just that takes time and time's tight right now. So Yeah. Tell me about it. Oh. oh, by the way. Megan has some news. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. Thank you. Um, I got the promotion that I was talking about last week's episode. So uh, that happened. So yay. Congratulations, Megan. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am stoked and super excited. Um. So, yeah, thank you guys, all of you who wished me good vibes and 
good thoughts and prayers and everything, they helped out and uh, I got it. So amazing. Thank you. Woo. We, we are very happy for you. I speak for all the listeners. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hopefully by this time next week, we will have some t-shirts up on the website for people to go buy. Um, something that's a work in progress right now. So we'll see. But the big uh, announcement we have this week, and if you've been been around for a couple weeks, we've been having some issues with our Amazon associate, our Amazon affiliate. Uh huh. This is some shit. <sighs> so I appealed it, and Amazon pretty much said "fuck us." So they stole sixty dollars from us. They just robbed us. Yep, I'm calling you out, Amazon. Fucking sue me, you cunts. Jeff Bezos does not care at all. No, uh, I'm so I'm aware. very, very much considering completely switching to the Walmart two day service. But anyway, basically what they told us very vaguely was that the link was used by a friend, family, or employee for purchase and purchasing things, and we're a podcast. All we can do is talk about the link on the podcast and say, go help us. Yeah. And, you know, we're small. A lot of you that listen are friends and family. Yeah. So. I don't know if they know it was you. I don't know if. I don't know if it's because we call our friends. We call the people friend so-and-so on the show. I don't know. I don't know. But Amazon's, you know, shut us down. And I actually did some research. Yeah, this, this is not a rare thing. This is not a rare thing for Amazon. I would I would strongly encourage, I'm not going to slander Amazon anymore, but I would strongly encourage everybody do a little bit of research into the Amazon affiliate program, if you're curious, and see some of the horror stories of people losing thousands of dollars. Thank yeah. God we only lost 60. Yeah, Amazon is a pretty uh, shady. Yep. Shady business. Yeah. I'm, and matter of fact, I actually heard this week that uh, the Amazon drivers that do the shipping and whatnot, they have to like pee in the bottle in the vehicle because they don't have time for wow bath like to stop to go to the bathroom. Yeah, it, it's pretty sad that that's the way that company is, and and they don't want their people to unionize because they know that would absolutely destroy Amazon. <laughs> but anyway, point being, anyway, um, yep. So look it up if you are going to do anything with the Amazon affiliate link, which I, you know, I recommend everybody, if you have a business that's worth a shot, uh, read, read the rules and they're vague and AF. Uh, yeah, just know that Amazon will interpret them very vaguely and not give you a detailed reason for closing you. And they have yep. the right to close you for any reason. So, yep. Fuck you, Amazon. Yep. Anyway, well, moving on. Now that Tyler's off his soapbox. I would like to say thank you to everybody that's donated and who supports us. Yes. Um, you help make this podcast grow. You help make us better. Um, every Everything you do is huge. So thank you guys so much absolutely. from the bottom of our hearts. Yep. We couldn't do it without you. Um, everybody that's bought glassware or bought stickers or just flat out donated. You know, we appreciate it. Y'all the real MVPs. You are. Thank you. All right. So we are excited, excited to get into this today. 
I can't express how excited we are. Opening the bottle. Today, I wish I had a drum roll. <laughs> Today, we have High West Campfire. This is a whiskey we've been talking about since episode three. Yes. Um, if you've been with us long term, you know that um, we try in episode three, we tried High West American, American Prairie. Prairie. Yep. And that whiskey actually ended up winning our favorite whiskey of 2020. Yep. It so, was whiskey of the year. It was. So we're excited to try this campfire. Yeah. Um, so I am getting everything today from uh, High West Distilleries, like actual website. Um, Park City, Utah is where they are founded. Campfire Whiskey is a blend of scotch, bourbon, and rye whiskeys. High West claims that they are the only whiskey uh, that is a blend of all of those. So I'm, I'm very... Uh, very interested in if that's true or not and i'm excited to try it the story on the label says quote i was going to write something cheesy about cowboys campfires and whiskeys but i figured you might be more interested in how campfire whiskey came to be one morning at the brook laddick distillery bnb assuming that's bed and breakfast my wife and i smelled peat in the air the great ladies that made our meals were simmering a bottle of peated whiskey and sugar. Later that night, they brought out dessert of ripe honeydew drizzled with peated syrup. That was the most unusual, delicious, and memorable ending to a dinner I have ever had. The combination of melon and sweet smoke really worked. So, naturally, I thought, why not mix sweet bourbon and peat? The main flavor, or melody, is sweet honey from a ripe bourbon. The enhancing flavor, or harmony, is floral, fruity spice from a mature rye whiskey. And the accent, Sachimo's gravelly voice, is smoke from a peated scotch whiskey. The proportions? Top secret. Of course they can't give us those. Yep. <laughs> So as the sun sinks low and the cold settles in, grab a bottle of campfire whiskey and gather round a blazing fire to warm up, wind down your day, share stories, and deepen friendships. One taste of this sweet, spicy, and yes, smoky whiskey, you'll know how it got its name. We like to enjoy campfire whiskey with s'mores, or good-looking strangers. If you find yourself in Old Town Park City, you ought to come visit the High West Distillery and Saloon and get a taste of our Western hospitality and our, our crowd-pleasing victuals. What, where did you say this was from again? What state? Utah. Park U City, Utah. Park City, okay. Yeah. So, I was actually reading the little, um, I don't know, the little thing that came on the, on the bottle here. And apparently they have, so they have four, the American Prairie Bourbon, Campfire, uh, Double Rye, which is, it says here, the spiciest rye in the world, 
And they also have the Rendezvous Rye, Ooh. which is our flagship whiskey, a blend of aged ryes that created a rich uh, and full mouthfeel. And so we've got the American Prairie's a 92 point, the Campfire's a 93 point, um, the Double Rye is actually has two ratings. It has 96 and 93, and the Rendezvous has 96 and 94. So after the Templeton Rye uh, episode where we both fell in love with that one, I would be very interested to try the Rendezvous, well, both Ryes, honestly. Yeah, definitely. So, I am super interested in trying out all the whiskeys from this company. Even the the spicy uh, one sounds intriguing that one to me yeah that one to me i'm probably not gonna enjoy it but i want to try it so i've been sitting here smelling and i know you've been smelling as i was talking and i have to i i i feel like i just stuck my nose in a campfire (laughs) it's bizarre how it's smoky and woody and it it brought back so much nostalgia of going camping when I was in high school in uh, Colorado at the Rocky in the Rocky Mountains, and it just like that's that's all I can think about right now is all the the fun I had up in the mountains with friends and family. Um, it is very smoky, very uh, woody, probably like an oak. Um, and I've been so into <laughs> that that I haven't really tried to smell anything else. Um, I So I've found for me, if I just smell it, I get the peat. I get the peaty, smoky flavor. But if I swirl it, I get vanilla and something sweet. I Maybe, uh, maybe honey. I want to say I'm getting like burnt marshmallow vibes, which is the only way to have a marshmallow, by the way. If it's not black, you did it wrong. You are not lying. Ha! See, this is why we're best friends. If it ain't on fire and black on the outside, I don't even, I, I don't even want it. I don't even like marshmallows. The only reason I like it is because of the burnt crisp. Yes. Like, yes. Beyond that, marshmallows are just nasty. I would pretty much agree with you. So it's nice to see we're on the same page. Too um, bad we don't agree about candy corn. Oh my God. Vomit. <laughs> All right. Well, what are we supposed to, well, I, do you have what we're supposed to be smelling or was uh, it included yes. in that? I have what we're supposed to be smelling. Um, the nose is floral, fruity, bright and spicy. Caramel, butterscotch, light smoke and smoldering wood from a campfire the morning after, jasmine, chai tea, sandalwood, leather, tobacco, pine resin, and toasted bread. God damn, they got everything out of the sun there, don't they? (laughs) This smells like all the things. (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, if it's a combination of, damn, I just spilled some. If it's a combination of all three, um, rye, bourbon, and scotch, that's pretty much all the main heavy hitters for each. Yeah. So, 
I'm I'm going to watch Tyler take the first sip because I've I want to try it really bad, but Tyler's face always gives me joy. So <laughs> why? Because I sit there and think about it for a minute. Yeah, and sometimes it's easy to. You're normally so stoic, but then you have so much emotion when you try whiskey the first time. It's it's very interesting. Um, I'm very curious to know if this tastes like it smells. And oh, contemplative. We're getting contemplative. Hmm. Oh. I don't want to. I don't want to say what's on my mind. I want you to taste it first. Uh oh. Okay. Um. All right. Here goes. It's uh, so I, now that you've got it in your mouth, not, no pun intended. Um, I will. <laughs> I almost just shot whiskey out of my nose, Tyler. <gasps> um, oh, that burns so sorry. bad. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Uh, oh, I I think it tastes exact. Uh, what what was the saying? What did you just say? Um. It tasted the way it smelt. That's, yeah, that's that's what I would say. It peaty, but mm-hmm. not overpowering. No, not ashtray e. No, um, campfire woody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It. I mean, it's like a freaking campfire. Honestly, it. it t- <laughs> it's perfectly named. It is. I, I can't describe to you guys how campfirey this tastes. Like it. I was not expecting to take the whiskey literally when we got it. And now I realize, like, no, you take this literally. It's it tastes like a campfire. Um I'm definitely getting some like uh char to it, some again like burnt marshmallow char because there is a bit of sweetness there. Um I get the butterscotch on the on the tip of my tongue. If I let it sit there for a little bit, there's butterscotch and sweet. Yep, same here. And just I the, didn't get that first experience because you almost made me shoot it out of my nose. Sorry. It, <laughs> it uh, in the in the middle, it. Oh damn! I had oh, it. And I lost. It. Oh, it was spice. That's what it was. Yeah. It was. It, it's a mild spice, and it quickly fades into like a leather, which lingers for a little while and it finishes it's a long finish with kind of a peaty yeah aftertaste and you kind of have the peaty flavor throughout yeah um and the woody flavor kind of throughout but yeah, that would it's, be it, it's, very it's, it's a very unique very interesting um yeah ironically and- i just uh uh make a long story short I might have told this last week about my job and I don't know. I don't think so. Cause it happened this week. Uh, long story <laughs> short. Uh, we just hired at my day job, a new, a new person who I previously worked with at my old job. And we were uh, working together one day and he was saying, yeah, man, I've, I've started loving whiskey and cigars and stuff. I was like, oh, dude, let me tell you about my podcast. You know, I'm that asshole. Anyway, we started talking <laughs> Um, and he goes, you know what you should try high West whiskey campfire. I've heard it's very interesting. It's very strange. And I was like, dude, that's what we're doing this week. So we had a little good catch up moment. John, if you're listening, um, you got to come try some of this, man. You got to come try some of this. Oh my God. Navia, (laughs) your dog is Um, like, 
Man. Spinning me around in my chair right now. The finish is very long and comforting. Um, I, I, It's too early again to say anything, but I know for a fact you're not going to let me take this one home. So I'm going to have to go to the ABC store and like buy it tomorrow. It's one that I want to have in my house. I want I want to be able to grab this because it it's so unique, so interesting. Um and like I said for me, nostalgia is a big part of this uh particular whiskey. So whenever I'm feeling homesick or a little bit sad that I'm almost 30 years old and life is going by too fast, this might be a whiskey I I'd reach for and grab just so I get some of that that mid 2000s emo brat I was <gasps> I felt appropriate that's all right I embrace it all right well oh, well what are we supposed to be tasting oh yeah you I continue forgot about on? That. yeah uh, we are supposed to be tasting vanilla honey toffee with some nice fruit blueberries and black cherries, chai spices, nutmeg, cinnamon, orange zest. Nutmeg. <laughs> Salty caramels, tobacco, and gentle smoke. I don't know if I'm getting the blueberries and cherries. I'm not getting any fruit at all. No. I would agree. I'm not I'm not getting the fruit. I'm getting everything else. Maybe not the orange zest, but that's still on that kind of like fruit level. Um, okay. Oh, now that you're looking for it, were you able to taste it? Maybe? Yeah, maybe I can taste a little bit of cherry. But very faintly. Right. Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like on the periphery of it. I don't know if that makes sense. Hmm. But it, it's not a focal point. It's not one of the main flavors I'm getting. Yeah, it's, it's something kind like of a, I have to seek it out. Like a tink. Yeah. And it's in the mid and it vanished real quick. So. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the finish, I have to say, the finish is supposed to be long, sweet, spicy, and smoky, which is hilarious because it that it's, it's a it's, bourbon, a rye, and a scotch. It's all three. And it is. And it is. Sweet, smoky. And slightly spicy. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, me too. I, All right. I, I'll be honest. Okay, I, I'm gonna be 100 transparent with y'all. I've been super excited for this. I did not taste this whiskey, but I did open it and I did smell it. I'm impressed he didn't taste it. And I was worried. I was worried when I smelled it. I thought it might be too peaty. It's not. It's not. I definitely was scared of that too. I was like, "Oh no, it's going to be another ashtray." Yeah, I was. But I was it's not. very nervous. Not at all. Wow. But good job, High West. Yeah. So far, so far, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, curious for sure. Oh, that was almost the wrong one. <laughs> it's time for the wonder segment. All right. Well, it's been a couple weeks, Tyler, since you've had to do a wonder segment because I just finished our first ever two-parter. So. I know. And the crazy thing about this topic is I could have gone on for about two solid days on this topic. But 
due to time constraints and my busy schedule, I limited it down to about four and a half pages okay. of notes. So we're going to learn today about La Cosa Nostra, a.k.a. the American mob. Oh, snap. Um, this is something, That's exciting. Yeah, this is something I've always kind of been fascinated with. Ever since I was a little kid, my mom told me about it. I don't know why. I would never want to be a mobster, but it's just, it, it's, it's a, the reason why like mobster movies and stuff are so popular. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. The, if you've ever watched the Sopranos, which by the way, I, um, uh, 100%, well, not 100, 75% signed up for HBO max today, just so I can rewatch the Sopranos. It also has game of Thrones. It has friends. It has big bang theory and the best cartoon ever ed ed and eddie oh my god does it really have ed ed and eddie it does i've been trying to find them somewhere to stream for years and it's never been anywhere and now it is so that's why that show made me like jawbreakers oh i still don't like jawbreakers but that show was just hilarious Mm. all right so we're gonna hop in and learn about the american mafia all right say it one more time la La cosa nostra la cosa nostra Okay, dokey. All right. Cool so, beans. Teach me. The American Mafia is an Italian-American criminal organization located primarily in the large cities of the Northeast and New England, but also with smaller op- operations in large cities across America. The origins of the group can be traced back to 1869 New Orleans and the Black Hand Group. Um. According to the New Orleans Times, the Black Hand was a group of well-known and notorious Sicilian murderers, counterfeiters, and burglars who, in the last month, excuse me, have formed a sort of general co-partnership for the plunder and disturbance of the city. So, if you've ever heard of the Mafia and la cosa nostra and all that good stuff you're sitting here wondering why is this starting in new orleans so especially when the mob's primarily in new york city yeah or known for being in new york city yeah um so it starts there because at the time italian immigrants were typically immigrating from italy to brazil and argentina oh they were down south yes and new orleans was the largest American port that operated with both of these countries as well as the closest. Oh, so that's where they brought the cocaine in from. I don't know if they had cocaine in 1869. Oh, no, it was probably legal back then. It was in Coca-Cola. Yeah, Yeah. but um, that's where they were like originally the Italians were coming through Brazil and Argentina to get to America through New Orleans around that time. But it wasn't just New Orleans that was seeing a large increase in Italian immigrants. Between 1880 and 1890, New York City saw its Italian population increase from 20,000 to 250,000. And by 1910, it was over 500,000 in New York alone, which meant that approximately one-tenth of the city's population was either Italian immigrants or first-generation Italian-Americans. Um, during the 1920s, ah, shit, I hate this word. How do you, how do you pronounce it? Fasc- fascist? Yeah, it's fascist. Fascist Benito Mussolini 
took over Italy and Mussolini. Italians, yeah, Mussolini. Benito, why are you go crazy? Ah, <laughs> uh, oh God, I have to do the freaking uh, the, Italian the, like Italian fingers. Yeah, Italian Mwah. finger. What are you doing? <laughs> Get out of my house. That's so racist. I'm uh, sorry, guys. I apologize for a, a, a whatever we just did to your culture. I am I, sorry. I apologize for nothing. Yeah, I know, Tyler. During the 1920s, fascist Benito Mussolini took over Italy and Italians began immigrating in waves to America. The majority of the Italian immigrants were normal, law-abiding citizens. But, however, with any mass exodus and large group, there's bound to be a handful of bad apples, especially once Mussolini began targeting the Sicilian Mafia. That caused many members to seek a new life in America. And these early, I love this word, mafiosi, which is the plural of mafioso, which is what a mafia member is called in Sicily, mafioso. Uh, These early mafiosi began forming neighborhood gangs that would terrorize their own communities. However, before long, they would begin to organize. All right. I am into this. I love Goodfellas. I'm assuming you've never seen it because you're Tyler. I saw it once when I was like 13, 14. I don't really remember it. Oh, well. It's a great, great classic. It's got Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's very, very good. That's the one where Joe Pesci's like, am I funny like a clown? (laughs) Funny how? Funny like a clown? Anyway, on January 16th, 1919, The U.S. entered into the era of prohibition, and Uncle Sam said, no more alcohol. Mm. This podcast would not be legal. That's literally (laughs) in my notes for me to make a comment about that. (laughs) Great minds think alike. Yes, we do. Um, Um, So many of these Italian-American street gangs realized the opportunity to make money by selling bootleg alcohol and transformed themselves into legitimate criminal enterprises. Fuck yeah. These enterprises became skilled at money laundering, smuggling, bribing police and government officials, and a lot of other types of white-collar criminal activity. And it wasn't just... uh, Oh, no, I have that later. I'm sorry, I'm not going to jump ahead. Uh, The early mob had a lot of success selling bootleg liquor. Uh, The profits were astronomical compared to what they had been doing previously, such as running illegal gambling circles, Extorting people and businesses, running prostitution rings, and offering protection. Uh, The new profits allowed the mafia families to start gaining some real power and influence. Even though profits were flowing, it was still the Wild West. Rival gangs would rob each other. Uh, They'd rob their alcohol shipments. They'd force rival gangs to pay protection so that they didn't rob their liquor. Um, And it wasn't just the Italians. They weren't the only dog in the fight either. Uh, There were Jewish bootleggers. There were Irish bootlegging operations. And it eventually led to an all-out war uh, known as the... I'm sorry, not not the Jewish and the Irish, but the fact that it was just the Wild West amongst the different factions. Uh, It led to an all-out war known as the Castella... Castella Maris... Castella Maurice War. You gotta love the Italians because they spell everything the way it sounds. So it's intense words, but if you just sound them out, it should be right. 
Castella Maris. Castella Maris War. Castella Maris War. Yep. I'll put it this way. This word was so long and had so many letters in it. I just copied it and just pasted it every time I needed to type it. <laughs> that is dedication to the craft of laziness. Yes. The Castellum, the Sea War, I ain't even going to try to say it again. The Sea War took place between February of 1930 and April of 1931. It was a bloody power struggle between the two main Italian crime organizations, one led by Giuseppe Joe the Boss, Masseria, and the other led by Salvatore Maranzano. I'm sorry, some of these names, like I said, Italian, you sound it out, it's, it's, you sound it out, you're good, it just takes me a second in my head to sound it out. Uh, during the 1920s, Masseria, a Sicilian mafioso, controlled all mafia operations in the U.S., but Vito Ferro, a Sicilian Don, based out of a town called Castellamare del Golfo, decided he wanted to be in charge and sent Salvatore Maranzano Mer, to take control. Uh, some other names that we'll need to know for the future are Charles Lucky Luciano. I know that name. Tommy Lucchese uh, and Vito Genovese. All members of Massiera's group and Joseph Charles Bonino, a member of Maranzano's group. How do you know that name? Is it going to spoil? Yeah, I'm okay. not going to say anything. Okay, but I, I just wanted to yell out that I know that name. Okay, I'm still here, guys. I'm 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 curious. I want to know once once we're past the spoiler. Um, so this war was actually a two way power struggle. On the outside, it kind of seemed like two rival crime syndicates struggling for power, which was absolutely true. Um, but yeah, if you were on the inside, it was actually. Or it was also, not actually, a generational war. It was the older generation or the mustache Pete's versus the younger generation, a.k.a. the Young Turks. The older generation were all Italian immigrants who followed the traditional old world ways, such as only doing business with Italians. While the younger generations were more, they were first generation Italian Americans who were born in America. They were more progressive and wanted to, to branch out and get away from the old world mindset. Lucky Luciano was part of the younger generation, while Masseria, his boss, was from the older generation. Luciano began to question if Masseria, ha, uh, if his traditional leadership would allow them to prosper in modern times. Um, Luciano also viewed the conflict as unnecessary and he saw it just as a disruption to business and really wanted it to end quickly um this wasn't unique to luciano either mobsters were actually switching sides regularly during this conflict so one minute they'd be on Maseria's team the other minute they'd be on um maranzano's so fair weather fans yeah going with who's winning the day um Damn, I got to stop saying, um, I've caught myself do that like four times now. It's like when I smack my lips into the mic and it totally blows yep. my brains away. Yep. I'm like, Between, God damn it. Yep. Between 1930 and 1931, the two sides traded murders and the scale began tipping in favor 
to the Marin Marinanzo side. Maranzano side, sorry. Luciano and Genovese began communicating with Marin Maranzano and agreed to betray Masseria if it would end the war and a deal was struck. On April 15th, 1931, Masseria was murdered and the war was ended. Um, sorry, my phone was just going off. It was my one of my bosses. So I to, yeah, I had to silence that and send her a quick one-touch text message. <laughs> um, so hopefully she doesn't need you. Hopefully, Maranzano created a new structure for the mafia, dividing the organization into families. Each city in the U.S. was run by a family, with the exception of New York City. New York was so large that it was divided into five families. The original five families were the Luciano families, the Profaci family, Pro, Profaci, P-R-O-F-A-C-I family, Gagliano family, Maranzano family, and the Vincent Mang Mangiano family. But soon they became the Genovese family, the Bonino family, the Colombo family, the Lucchese family, and the Gambino family. Remember the names I mentioned earlier? Joe Bonino, Tommy Lucchese, and Vito Genovese? I remember them. They all went on to become bosses and have families named after them. Makes sense. I am very curious. Uh, this is a lot of names that I'm trying to keep track of. I'm curious if I'm going to be able to do it. It's... Just imagine trying to research it. It was <laughs> all over. Do you remember how many Anatolies were in the True Noble episodes? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> uh, so I, I've been in your shoes. I know, I know what it is like, my friend. Um, man, this right. whiskey is just. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm presenting, and I'm already halfway done with mine. I'm yeah. I'm having to make sure I'm not like chugging it. That's interesting. Very interesting. All right. Continue on. Sorry. Sorry. Um, you're fine. The families were organized as well. Each family had a boss, and below that was the underboss. Then Capo Regimes, or Capos, below them were soldiers, and at the bottom were the associates. Anybody could be an associate, uh, but in order to become a, quote, made man, you had to be full-blooded Italian. Some sources said uh, you had to be half Italian. Your father had to be Italian. Um, what about your mother? Yep. Just said on your father's side you had to be Italian in Man. some sources. Uh, later, the consigliere... Damn, I looked that Whoa. word up how to pronounce it. Consigliere... I think it's how you pronounce it. Consigliere position would be added as the third in command behind the underboss. So essentially that was the advisor to the boss. Hmm. Maranzano also declared himself capo di tutti capi or boss of all bosses and demanded that all five families pay tribute to him. This didn't sit well with Luciano and on September 10th, 1931, Maranzano was killed in his office, which is basically going to be a pattern. Huh. I can, 
only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> this effectively got the old guard out of the way, and Luciano began to expand Maranzano's new structure. Luciano wanted the mafia to function in the form of a major corporation, believing it would increase cooperation and allow one governing body over the entire mafia. And so, the commission was formed. The commission basically acted like a board of directors, uh, with the boss of each of the five New York families serving on the commission, as well as the boss from Chicago and Buffalo. Each boss had one vote, and they would settle disputes. Uh, they set policies and mediated disagreements between the families. Uh, Balso, uh, Balsos. <laughs> I love that. Balsos. Bosses also had unquestioned authority within their family and received a cut of every money-making operation that their family was involved in. So every, uh, I remember uh, researching one guy for this. He was over, he was a capo. He was over 300 soldiers who were over God knows how many associates. Every one of those associates that did a score passed some up to the boss. It's a bloody pyramid scheme. It's a, or a mid, uh, MLM, mid-level yes. marketing scheme. Multi-level marketing. <laughs> Multi-level, All whatever. hail the great God Amway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. Long um, story. Yep. Check out Time Suck. Definitely. Um, Luciano allowed flexibility in who the mob associated with by allowing Jews and other societal groups to be associates. Um, even with all the progressive changes, Luciano did not or did keep one other aspect of the old guard's philosophy, Omerta. Omerta is a code of honor that originated in southern Italy, which basically if an outsider or authority or police or whoever comes and starts asking you questions or you get in trouble, you don't tell them anything. You keep quiet. Snitches get stitches. Pretty much. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the golden age of the mob. Once prohibition was repealed in 1933, the mob began to diversify their criminal activities and began trafficking drugs, fencing, loan sharking, running illegal gambling, performing extortion, running protection rackets, and labor racketeering through the use of labor unions. By the 1940s, they had quickly moved into Las Vegas to take control of part of the gambling pie there. Unlike most crime syndicates, the mob was able to encompass legitimate business into their criminal empire, making it harder on law enforcement to discover. I'll give you a couple examples. And this is one way they would really use the, their control of the labor unions. They would take over a labor union. They would take money out of the pensions and the health funds of the workers and go start a casino in Las Vegas with it. Make the money back, put it back in. Basically, interest-free loan. I mean, makes sense. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, nothing wrong. Uh, another example, uh, they would bribe union dock workers to tip them off whenever valuable shipments were coming in, and they would steal the shipments and fence them for a profit. They would use their control of the labor unions to threaten strikes so that they could extort businesses uh, or participate in bid rigging. And it's rumored that the mafia was so entrenched in New York City 
industry uh, that during this time, most construction projects could not be performed without the approval of the commission. They were literally politically running the city in certain ways from the shadows. That's impressive. Dang. So I'll tell you about another notorious scheme that the mob is famous for as soon as I get back from this drink of water. (laughs) You enjoy that drink of water. Um, Are you going to talk about a famous guy whose name starts with an A? Um, I don't think I'm going to have... No. Ah, okay. No. Okay. He could be in a topic all on his yes, own. Yes, so. different different city. If it's yeah. one thing, yeah, yeah, it's who you're thinking of. Yeah, I just no, he I'm, was he had some dealings, uh, but in my research, he didn't come up that much. His name okay. was there a handful of times, but I figure that can stay for its own topic. Okay, yeah, so he's someone I've been interested in looking up. So okay, I wanted to know how much you said about him. But yep, not jack shit. All right, I don't even mention his name. Okay, cool. Um, so let's talk about the yuppie Don. Michael Franzisi, Franzis, I'm sorry, was born in Brooklyn in 1951 to Colombo family underboss, John Sonny Franzis. Now, so he's, his father's second in command in the Colombo family. Originally, Sonny did not want his son to follow him into organized crime. However, Michael decided to drop out of his pre-med program at Hofstra University. Pre-med. Oh, bro. In order to help his family earn money once Sonny was sentenced to 50 years in prison for bank robbery. Oh, bro. Just be a doctor. Michael became one of the largest earners in New York City and over time worked his way up to being a a capo. JK, don't be a doctor. In 1981, he came up with a fairly complicated plan that I can't explain. I watched a couple videos on it. I read about it, and I still cannot tell you how exactly they were doing this. It's a can complicated you, plan. Can you explain what they were doing? Yes. They were stealing gasoline taxes from the government. Okay. They were setting up... They discovered that in Panama, certain wholesale-type gasoline companies could sell gas to one another tax-free. Somehow they were doing that in a shell company that was writing off the taxes but never paying them. And then the gas was being traded to another company, shipped to America where people were paying taxes to that company. But that company was in the name of the mob too. So they were getting the taxes and basically skimming the taxes off the top. I think that's how it was working. And anyway, when the government would figure it out and come calling that fake business in Panama that was just fake writing off like they were doing their taxes, they would fold. Of course they would. Yeah, it was a shell company. That's the best I understood it. It's a lot more complicated than that. But point being, they were stealing gasoline taxes in Florida and New York State. Um, sources vary on exactly how much money was stolen. Um, the government said... 250 million per year from New York State and 40 million from Florida. However, Franzis claims to have been making 1.26 million per week from the scam. 
And he also claims to have made $8 million per week at the height of his career. What um, year was this? This was in 1981. 81? Yep. Um, he, was, uh, he was called the Yuppie Don by the newspapers and whatnot. And he hated that name. He literally, I actually watched, um, oh man, I meant to list it on here. What show uh, it was. It was a National Geographic. I think it's Inside the American Mob is the show. Um, and he is, he is one of the people on that show. And he talks about it. And he, he said he literally told everybody, he's like, you call me Yuppie Don, we're going to have a problem. And you don't want a problem with me, basically. Um, so Franzese ended up, Franzese, Franzese, I don't remember how you say his name, ended up being busted for the gas racketeering and he was sent to prison for 10 years and had to pay $14.7 million in restitution. That's nothing compared to what he was making. Yes. Once he got out of prison in 1994, he officially retired from the mob yeah, and moved okay. to California. Some people believe that he bought his way out. It's also rumored that the reason he moved to California is that several contracts and hits were put out onto him. Uh, one that was supposedly approved by his own father. Yikes. There's uh, I, I didn't mention, I did. Yeah. I didn't mention it in my notes here, but there's one episode where he, they, they focus on the gas uh, scandal and his kind of his role and him getting busted. And he pretty much says, I made it so far up. I was making so much money that even people inside the mafia were like, you're not paying enough to us. You're like, taking 90% and paying us 10. Yeah. And so he's like, they took me to a house one night with the big boss, blah, blah, blah. He's like, the dudes, I got into a car with like my best friend and some dude I didn't know sitting in the backseat behind me. We walk into the house and they both get behind me. He's like, this is not a good sign. He's like, I'm going to this house to die. And he talks, you know, he manages to not die. Spoiler alert. And um, <laughs> comes out and he's, talking to his best friend in the car. He's like, I don't know what to do. Like what, what in the world? And, and uh, I'm not doing anything. And it, it turns out his best friend's like, before you were in there, your dad was in there and he did nothing to try and help you. It's like dog eat dog world. And he said that what? was when he realized like he needed to get out. Holy He's like, mother. nobody, nobody else is looking out for me except me. And, and like the whole time before this, he had been talking so much about, I looked up to my dad. I loved my dad. My dad was my idol. All I oh, you know, that like, hurts. Yeah. So oh, it like shit. shattered him. Um, oh, I can understand. That would shatter me too. Yeah. Jesus. But he said he had like a private plane and a private helicopter and anything you wanted. Oh yeah. So, um, the reason why I was on my phone as you were talking, I like to figure out the inflation amount of what oh boy X amount of money is worth then versus today. So. I looked up the 290 million that you said he was making in 1981. That would make him earning 839,098,569 dollars today. Almost a billion dollars a year mm -hmm. with a b b b, b billion. Holy Goodness yeah. gracious. 
So they were making good money. If only I had been Italian and born in New York and born 50 years before I was. <laughs> well, maybe not 50, maybe like 45, 40. Um, <laughs> let's call it 35. <laughs> At the same time that uh, Michael Franzese was doing all this stuff, uh, working his way up to be ca uh, capo and skimming money from the gasoline tax. You've got Joe Pistone working his way up as well. In 1976, Joe Pistone, as FBI special agent, went undercover as Donnie Brasco and infiltrated the mafia deeper than anyone ever had previously. There's a movie about him called Donnie Brasco, and Joe Pistone is actually in this show as well that I watched, Inside the American Mob. It's National Geographic. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. Um, so that was really cool to hear his account of everything. Um, he was given a backstory of being a jewel thief, and he started hanging around mafia bars and had no luck for six months. No contact at all. And shortly thereafter, Worked his way into being an associate for the Colombo family. Um, right about this time in the late 70s, there was a power struggle amongst the mobsters, and he ended up changing who he worked for a couple times, but the end result was that he worked for a soldier named Benjamin Lefty Ruggiero, uh, Ru Ru yeah, Ruggiero uh, whose capo was Mike Mimi Sabella. Uh, for a time, uh, up until the murder of Carmine Galante, who was the boss of the Bonanno family. So basically, he was an associate. Donnie Brasco, FBI agent Joe Pistone, was an associate that reported to Lefty Ruggiero, and Lefty reported to Mimi Sabella. And then Carmine Galante was the boss okay. of that family. All right, I'm following so, so far. Once Carmine Galante was killed, uh, he was shifted to report to a new cap capo, capo, sorry, capo is a guitar term, <laughs> a new capo uh, named Dominic Sonny Black Napolitano. Napolitano sent Pistone down to Miami to open a nightclub, but later recalled him to New York in order to make him a made man. To become a made man, in most cases, you had to commit a murder. Oh, that escalated quickly. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Fitting. Um, Yikes. Yeah, so the FBI chose to pull the plug uh, before he was forced to kill someone. I am shocked the FBI pulled the plug. It's the CIA that does more stuff. Oh, you're right. It's yeah. the CIA. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, FBI. I apologize. Not exactly sorry, CIA, but don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> um, shortly after Pistone made it, uh, so it, it's covered in the thing I watched. I didn't put it in my notes. The FBI went to uh, Napolitano and pretty much said, hey, you know uh, Donnie Brasco? He's, uh, he's an informant. He's one of our guys. And Napolitano didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. He didn't believe him at first. Yeah. And so word gets around 
And a couple weeks later, Napolitano is found dead with his hands cut off, which was a symbol. It was symbolism because he had let an outsider into the family who had shaken hands with the boss of the family. That is brutal as fuck. Yeah, they're... Holy God. They do a lot of symbolism. There was one where they shoved three firecrackers into a guy's mouth. They didn't light them, but they put them in his mouth. I forget what the reasoning was, but he had done something, and it was to send a message to other mobsters. If you do this, you will die for this reason. Jeez. Like, I know, what is it, concrete shoes is one of the things mob did at one point. I don't know if that one had a significant meaning behind it. Other than just get rid other of the body. Than, other than, yeah, just. <laughs> Yikes. Um, in addition to the Donnie Brasco operation, which gained so much intelligence on the mob and how it worked and its inner workings and whatnot, who was who, the passage of the RICO Act became an effective tool against the mafia as well. The Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations, or RICO Act, extended penalties for acts performed as part of an ongoing criminal organization. So essentially, it made violating these laws result in 20 years in prison, loss of all properties gained from violating the act. So if you bought a mansion from your racketeering, then you lost the mansion. Um, in addition to a uh, 20 years in prison and huge fines. During the 1990s and early 2000s, several high-ranking mob members, including Joseph Messino, who was the Bonino family boss, was arrested under the RICO Act and sent to prison. Uh, Joe Messino began cooperating with law enforcement in hope that he could avoid the death penalty um, and... That was the first time that a standing boss, or I guess not standing if he was arrested, but <laughs> first time that a family boss had turned and worked with authorities. It seemed like the era of Omerta has long since gone away um, because mob members began cooperating with the FBI agents as far back as 1970s. But... What are they up to now? Uh, well, you know, a little of this, a little of that. Just, you know, doing what they do. Same thing any mobster would do. Uh, they're actually still doing what it always does or what it always has. They're still involved in all sorts of white-collar crime around the country. Um, but it, it appears that from the 30s kind of to the 60s, they kind of lurked in the shadows. And then in the 70s, they started getting a little... I don't want to say braggadocious, but uh, I, there was one boss of a family on this uh, on the TV show that was like holding rallies for anti-Italian discrimination, and it, you know it's just like you're getting a lot of publicity that doesn't necessarily need to be made. Like when was the Godfather movies made? Seventies, eighties, yeah, somewhere in that range. The Sopranos, you know, that was nineties. Goodfellas, yeah, The Sopranos was like late nineties, early two thousands. But my point being, after the 70s and 80s, we kind of realized who the mob was, became fascinated with them. They started getting attention outside of law enforcement. I think at this point, they've wanted to shrink back into the shadows. Uh, they do a lot of work uh, on the internet, through the internet, with offshore accounts. Um, 
it's dark not web type stuff. As best I could tell, it just it's at internet. All I could find it's hard to find stuff on what they're doing now because it's <laughs> not like there's a forum where you can go say, "Hey, what's the mafia doing right now?" You know, hi guys. Hey, I I'm, am I a wanna, podcast. I want to run with you guys. What, what are y'all doing? Where can I meet? Where's your social club? Uh, you know, so it just said they use the internet now. I'm assuming it's dark web stuff. It said offshore accounts. They're probably into Bitcoin because that just screams mafia. Yeah. But it's not what you saw in The Sopranos, The Godfather movies. There's a whole new generation of mobsters out there now. We saw one generation change, and we're seeing one change right before our eyes. So the old guard became the new guard, and the new guard has now become the old guard with a new new guard taking over. And with that, like I said, I could have gone on about this topic for two days, but had to limit it. Had a limited amount of time to get research done and whatnot, so wow, I had to condense it down to about four and a half pages. Definitely interesting. Good job, Tyler. Well, thank you. And where's my schedule here? All right. Trivia with Tyler. What is our Tyler Nugget this episode? I see two right here that I am going to go with the second one. Okay. <laughs> A1 steak sauce. Are you familiar? Yeah. I know what A1 steak, steak sauce is. A1 steak sauce was invented 200 years ago by King George IV's private chef and is older than solid chocolate. Who knew? Interesting. I thought Heinz invented A1 steak sauce. I, I thought solid chocolate has been around for like centuries, so. Huh. Well. I guess today we learned. Mail time. All right. Let's hop into mail time. We didn't get that much mail this week, so... Slackers. Yep. Tut, tut. <laughs> uh, we, got, we did get an email from Megan's mom, Leona. Mama Leona. Um, We're not Italian. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, no. <laughs> but that is a very Italian name, though. So she says, Hi, Tyler. You can make butter by over-whipping cream. I learned that from Bobby Flay. Food Network star. You can add different flavors to your whipped cream and make flavored butters. For example, maple butter for pancakes and waffles. Let me know if slash when you want me to answer these types of questions. Thanks, Mama Leona. So that is a callback to last week's episode when I mentioned not knowing how butter was made. Yeah. And she answered it. So, that I love it. That's yeah, awesome. Thank you. If you know the answers to our questions, reach out and tell us. We want to learn. We are a learning podcast so definitely and if we get something wrong tell us yep we are human we have flaws yep absolutely um our next our only other uh correspondence this week was from reddit it was you stock storyteller who replied hey there 
I enjoyed your show. Here's some feedback. I hope it's helpful. To start, the audio quality is great. Your levels, transitions, and music are well done and help me to stay engaged in those moments. Excuse me. Also, I think you guys have a good dynamic. So critical for co-hosted shows, I think. And neither one of you seems to talk too much more than the other. It's a true conversation. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. So nice. Very nice. I like. We are, we definitely have had to work on that. I have at least. Yeah. Um, We've had our issues as our episodes have gotten, as our podcast has gone on, our episodes have gotten better for sure. We still have a long way to go and everything, but uh, I will say the audio quality and all that is all 100% Tyler. He, I, I struggled with this one uh, at the beginning. It took some finagling to get it to work, but once I figured it out, it's been pretty smooth sailing. So I literally sit here and put on a headset and he says, all right, test your mic. And I talk randomly into the mic and then, okay, we're good to go. I have no idea what in the hell he does. There's like 50,000 buttons and things over there where he's sitting. That is not true. There's maybe, maybe 30 buttons total. Oh my God. I have no idea what a single one of them does. I still don't quite understand clipping. So you know what this one does? you know what the two red ones are over here i do know what the red ones are but Um, yeah sound quality is all tyler so all that thanks goes to him i am not involved with that as at all so thank you tyler for our beautiful sound well i i try just a pro tip for anybody that's listening that is wondering about sound quality uh one one key thing that i do that other people may not do to get everything to balance right is i put a limiter on the final output that way if it if it goes louder it stays it it basically puts a ceiling on the volume level so that's a pro tip for what i use to help get our sound uh i shouldn't say pro tip because i'm not professional but you know it it's a semi-pro tip yeah there you go semi-pro semi-pro anyway uh The back half of their message is one thing I was wondering about as a new listener was the structure. When were you guys going to talk about whiskey, about history? I was a bit unsure and had to skip ahead a little bit after the first 15 minutes to get to the history segment. I'm not sure if you guys are using chapter markers, but that could be useful. Also, solid website and show notes. It may help to focus on just one or two calls to action at the end. Also, good luck on the promotion. I hope it goes well. It did. Thank you. Thank you. So I sent him a reply back that basically outlined our structure, which we've kind of basically, we haven't solidified it. There's definitely room for things to change, but for the most part, it's like, like we're going to have jello. It's, it's pretty solid, but we could break it apart if we had to. Yeah. For, for the most part, I mean, Obviously, we're not going to drink the whiskey and then tell you what we should have tasted and what we smelled at first. <laughs> so I, I pretty much said hey, we have a little intro with the social media blurb and announcements and whatnot. Then we go into uh, opening the bottle where we smell it, taste it, get our first thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Then we teach one another. Then we do a little trivia with Tyler, a little bit of mailbag if we have any. And then at the end, we wrap up on our final thoughts. Our final thoughts. That's pretty... I mean, trivia with, with Tyler can really go anywhere. You know, we can put the announcements at the end and stuff like that. It just depends on what we're doing. But I think we've, we're have we pretty comfortable with this, yeah. this schedule. So if you're a new listener and want to 
check out the history segment. That'll be, you know, probably usually 15 or so minutes in. Yeah. Um, if you want, if you want the whiskey segment, it's probably going to be about 10, 10 or so minutes in, and then it'll be at the end of the wonder segment, which is, you never know how long so, that's going to be. Like the first 10 minutes of the podcast and then like the last 15, 15. Yeah. That's whiskey. Um, and, uh, where'd my page go? Where'd my, there it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I, like I said, I replied and basically as far as using chapters and whatnot, I'm not really sure what, uh, I don't what, know what, that what means. this person meant. I know <laughs> there have been some YouTube videos where I've watched where you can like skip. Essentially, it'll be like, if I'm looking at a backpack review, it'll say fit and then it'll go to oh, storage. Oh, I know exactly. Yes. To, yeah. Okay, and don't so, know how to do that, but I know what you're talking about yeah, now. Yeah, I have no idea how to do that. I've never used YouTube before this endeavor, so uh, I will look into that. Uh, I They also mentioned, uh, so I, I wrote them back and their reply was, no problem. Okay, yes, the structure became more clear to me as I continued to listen. As a new listener, though, I wasn't quite sure what was happening until I already invested a good amount of time into the episode. I only listened to the most recent episode. For chapters, I meant podcast specific. I'm not sure which host you're using, but some, like Buzzsprouts, allow you to divide each episode into segments or chapters, which each, uh, which can each have their own subtitle and link. The listener can then skip around to different chapters in their podcast player. Not all players support the, this feature yet, but Pocket Cast is one example. Best of luck to both of you, and I hope I was able to help. Uh, so I did check with ours. We use uh, Pinecast, and I we can't do that, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, so, so maybe one day, I don't, are, I'm, are we able to like transfer our host somewhere else if one day we wanted to? I believe we can, but I don't know. I don't know, uh, how easy that would be. Okay. Well, either way, that's a, that's a conversation for off air and for another day. Cause it's not. Yeah, not it's it's not something pressing. Yeah. Yeah. I was um, just curious. I am looking right now and I just want to say thank you guys again. We're sitting at 1,529 listens. You guys are getting those listens up there. Amazing. Less remember, than a thousand left. Yeah. And we say goodbye. 2,500 and off comes the beard. So keep that in mind. I'm not looking forward to it. I will go live when we get rid of that beard. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> you made the, the promise. So Yeah. All right. Well, and that's all we have for mailbag today. Um, so. Final thoughts. So I've obviously been still sipping on the whiskey and stuff as you've been talking. I had much more of a chance to taste it different ways and savor it, I guess, than you did when you were presenting. Um, and I, I think a big reason why I liked this whiskey so much is because of the nostalgia factor. As it went on, as I drank it more, all the flavors kind of started to blend together. I didn't get as individuals like, smoky campfirey woody yet it just started to taste like alcohol and i don't know if that's an issue with my palate or what um 
but it wasn't the experience I had when I first tried it. And who knows if that's because of nostalgia, if that's just because the spice ended up fucking with my taste buds. I don't I don't know. So um I, I would be willing to bet that is just um your palate got used to it. Um so uh as as many of you know, I work a, a second job and that job is at a brewery and I got to do a little um flavor testing of a new beer yesterday. I tasted about seven or eight just sips of a new beer that we're going to have come out. And give them sours? It is a sour. Oh, yeah. It is a, do you know what a, I don't really know if I'm supposed to be saying this. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you all fair. Okay. Um, point being, though, uh, our brewer was trying to get input on the different, uh, you know, there's basically three big flavors that are supposed to come out in it. When do you get these flavors? How much of them are you getting? And so we definitely established the further we went on, the more it was all, it was becoming more difficult to pick the flavors out because we were yeah. getting used. Fortunately, we had a little jar of coffee, coffee beans. Yeah. Which and resets that resets the palate. your palate. Yeah. So we were sniffing coffee beans. It, it looked hilarious. Um, I, if you if you're watching on YouTube, uh, while Megan was talking when we just started the final thoughts segment, you saw me make a terrible face <laughs> after I took a sip. I just threw it back. Oh man, don't throw it back. Uh-oh. Oh, oh man, I strongly would not recommend it. Well, now I have to try it. All so... right, well, have fun. Okay, I'm scared. Good luck with that. Oh. Oh. That's a bad face. Yep, I made a bad face too. Not not good to shoot. Don't shoot this whiskey. Not a shooter. This, this is a sipping whiskey. <laughs> um, just because I'm presenting, I haven't really had the time to sit there and that was gross. Think and flavor, or think and flavor, think and <laughs> savor the flavors. Um, you know, so. Oh shit! I don't have my water anymore as a chaser. <laughs> oh, that was dumb. As far as still sipping, I still definitely get leather. I, I'm i not leaving it, letting it sit on my, sit on the front of my tongue to get the sweet. Uh, I do get a little sweet on the finish, though. But I, I definitely do get peaty leather. The scotch is the overpowering uh, flavor, the peatiness. But it's not, it's not ashtray no. peaty. It's, it's not bad. No, it's peaty. not bad. It, it's a very mild. Smoky Pete. Definitely. Um, I would have to go. I guess I'm gonna give my rating now. And I, Megan, Megan is over there like legit coughing from throwing that thing back. I'm having a very hard time, and I'm trying to stay away from the mic. Drink, drink some water. Yeah, uh, just pour some out of there. Yep. Um. Uh, anyway, what's your rating? I would have to give this. Let me take another little teeny. This last little sip. It's unique. I don't want to see the problem is I don't want to be biased in this. I I would have to give it um I'd give it a 7. 
Okay. I'd give it a seven. Out of curiosity, do you have do you have our website pulled up? Out of curiosity. Yeah. What did you give High uh, uh, American Prairie? I knew you were going to ask that. <laughs> um. Ah, uh, you want to know <laughs> the honest truth before I get there? Yeah. I don't think we rated it. <gasps> no. Is that one of we the episodes? Didn't. We didn't oh. start rating until episode... Um, Five? Something. Episode four was the first mm. because it was Screwball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I rated... I rated it a five. What the hell is wrong with you? You rated Screwball a five? I don't feel like that's right. Oh, no. I went back and listened to all the episodes, so I must have rated it a five. Gross. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I we would, were still new at this. <laughs> yeah. I would like to revamp that rating. Um, so, yeah. We, we didn't start rating until episode four. Okay. And we also screwed up and forgot to rate the Sexton Single Malt Irish Whiskey in episode seven. So episodes one, two, three, and seven did not get rated. So maybe that's something we can go back. But I do know High West was very high. Yeah, it was uh, our, fla- our flavor. Uh, it was our whiskey of the year. Whiskey of the year, yep. Um, so I, I, honestly, if I had to, just based off memory, it was probably like an eight and a half. So you probably like the American Prairie more than the Campfire. Um. I don't know if I would say that. It, it It's one of those that depends on my mood. That's... If I... Like, this is yeah. something I think I would... I mean, I would take American Prairie out with, with a cigar, too. But this is something I would probably only drink with a cigar. Uh, okay. Or maybe, maybe even vice versa. Maybe I would only drink the American Prairie. I would like to taste test them side by side. I that might, would I be might, pretty interesting. I might do that one day this week. And... Uh, See what's going on with that. Um, but I, I can. This one's a sipper. I would try it with a cigar. I don't know how this peaty, the smoky peaty flavor would go with a cigar. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it would mute that. I don't know if it would bring that out and make it more noticeable. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Um. So I'm, I'm kind of sitting at the same dilemma. This is a. This isn't. A whiskey I would just pull out to drink just whenever. See, um, I would. That's the thing. I you would, would. I would pull this out just to drink whenever. Oh, I'd have to be in a special mood. Oh, like, no. I, mm. I would pull this one out of the cabinet. Um, same as I would the American Prairie. Um, it's just a matter of what occasion would I pull it out for. So, uh, for me, the occasion I would pull this out for is... I and I'm gonna sound like such a little, a little bitch. I would pull this out when I'm sad. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, this is a whiskey. Wait a that, minute, I have uh-oh. a sound for that. Oh no, you don't. I, I'm so sorry it took me so long to get there. I'm fighting. You can't see her, but Navia is right here by my right hand. That's trying she to knew. mouse. She knew, and you she were was like that. nosing my nice hand try, off of Navia. the mouse. You. you can see her nose now in the camera. Oh yeah, she was. Um, we've been fighting a couple times this episode. <laughs> me and Navia have. Um, so I, I think this is a whiskey that it. It, I would have to drink it when I was feeling sad. If I was feeling homesick, um, it's 
it's not something I want to get wasted on, but it's something that I would just, I don't know, sit there and quiet contemplation and sip at and maybe, maybe, I don't I, know. I think it's worth noting that you and I are very, I don't want to say very different drinkers, but we, we are very different drinkers. Yeah. You, you drink more than I do for one. That made me sound like an alcoholic. I, I, yes, it did. I didn't mean it that way. I'm sorry. Wow. I don't drink that often. That's, that's the thing. Like at, at the moment, just with my schedule, working the two jobs, doing the podcast, I just flat out don't have time to go sit on my porch and have a cigar. Uh, it's something I'm trying to make some more time for, but at the moment, I really I, don't have time and I haven't, I pretty much only drink for the podcast. Okay. At this point. Okay. I, um, so when you say it's not something you would pull out of the cabinet, you would need an occasion for it. Yes. When I drink, it's an occasion. Okay. That, that's what I'm trying to get at. Is, okay. Is I don't really drink. I need like, you know, every once in a while I'll have a cookout and I'll have you guys and some other friends over and. That's when the whiskey will come out. Yeah. You know, versus if I'm here by myself, I'm probably not drinking nine times out of 10. Usually if I am going to drink, it's just a beer with supper. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So. That's fair. Just because Um, of my work schedule and how much I work. and Yeah. It's just hard to find the time to sit down and go through the ritual. Because that's what it is for me. It's a ritual of pouring the glass. Lighting the cigar, sitting on the porch. I like to do it at night when I can see the stars, when it's not freezing your dick off <laughs> or your tits off. You know, yeah, the routine. And I just don't have time for the routine. I get that. Um, and I and I definitely respect that. Um, I do want to clarify how often I drink, uh, so that people know <laughs> that it's only like six times a week. Every every day that ends in day. Ha <laughs> ha. So funny. Uh, no. I, throughout the week, like during the actual work week, I might have a beer or a bitch beer equivalent, Mike's Hard Lemonade, cider, that type of thing uh, with supper. But I don't pull out, um, I don't pull out any liquor until uh, the weekend hits. And I typically only drink on Saturdays when I dungeon master uh, for Dungeons and Dragons campaign because my friends are great and I love them, but sometimes they drive me to drinking. <laughs> and Been uh, there, experienced that. Yes, they do. Yes, you did. Um, I, I didn't. Yes, you did. When? You were oh, a barbarian. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do remember when I drove you to drink. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so I I drink liquor on Saturdays and, and then Sundays. Sundays for the podcast. And occasionally, if I've had a bad day, I'll have a finger uh, during the week. But it's very, very, very rare. Um, and it, it's, I would also say I'm not a drinker. I don't. I don't go through my alcohol like a fiend. Yeah, unless you like it. She's got no comment on that because rabbit hole 
All right, and one other one I wanted her to bring back so I could take another sample of them, and she was like, uh, it's gone. But that's fine. I mean, <laughs> you enjoy it? Enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I don't get wasted. Yeah. I'm too old for that shit. We got wasted. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we got... That was the last time I... That was the last time I got wasted. Yeah, that was, was the our last New time Year's I got wasted. Eve was the New Year's, yeah. Special. And that was fun. You were wasted. I, I wouldn't even call me wasted. I was <laughs> drunk at one point, but that was it. I, I was like, go listen to our New Year's Eve special if you... uh, Or our, our end of year special, I'm sorry. Yeah. If you want to experience me wasted. Yeah. Um, um, which was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was fun. But uh, I didn't get hungover wasted. I well, that's got, good. I got like comfortable wasted. As for me personally... I, I have, I, I think this, since we've started this podcast, because at, at first when we started, we do, for, I'd say for the first five or six episodes after we were done, we would go have another finger on the porch, or at least I would as you're driving. But, um, you know, since we stopped doing that, it, it got cold, you know, it just wasn't worth going to sit out on the porch. I bought a little heater and I went out there one night in the middle of winter. And if you guys can hear Navia destroying a toy right now, she has got the noisiest freaking toy that my dog has. Anyway, um, so I sat out there one night throughout the entire winter with a little heater and froze my ass off and said, <laughs> uh, no, thank you. So now that it's getting to be summertime, I got a fire pit in the backyard. Maybe I'll. It's weird to do that by myself, though. No, I don't think that's weird. I think it's 100%. It just feels weird to me. I don't think that's weird at all. But anyway, different strokes for different folks. So I've rated this a seven. Oh, I haven't given a you rating yet. I haven't given a number yet. Oh, wow. I'm glad you actually wrote it down because I have no idea I didn't give it a rating yet. Um, <sighs> I know I suck. This one for me, oh, I hate to say I, it. I'm going to change mine to 7.5, actually. Okay, 7.5. This one for me, because my palate got used to it, and it's one of the few whiskeys we've had where my palate has gotten used to it, I'm going to rate it a 5. Middle right. of the road. And Fair enough. If my palate didn't get used to it, it would be way hard, higher. Um. But right now it just tastes average. So eh. we were talking last week, not to extend this because we're sitting about an hour and tw uh, 26, but uh, not to extend it too much further. But we were talking either last week or the week before about our ratings and how we've been pretty similar. Um, uh, I think you were, we were talking about you giving tens, and I haven't given yeah. a 10 yet. And I tend to be a little more conservative with my ratings. Um, I think that might be why I'm a little more conservative with my ratings because my palate tends to adjust to them. Oh, I, it, it pretty much adjusts to all of them. Really? Yeah. I've, I've had that experience with most whiskeys. We've had. Oh, wow. I have not really had that experience. Yeah. That's so that's maybe unique. that, maybe that okay. makes sense why you're rating it more middle of the road and why I tend to rate things more in the five to seven range. Oh. Like if if I've rate, rated it above basically a seven, it's not blended. It it's not my palate hasn't gotten used to it okay. throughout the time or throughout the episode. So okay, that, or at least that's one aspect of it. Weird. I didn't know 
Yeah, that, I didn't really think about it until you said that, but I think genuinely that's part of part of why yeah. I rate things conservatively a little bit. All right. Wow. So interesting. And I reckon on that revelation, guys, it's time. We will be here next week. We will. I will have another topic for you guys. Probably won't be a two-parter, but you never know. Could be. I think I know what I'm going to research. So I'm excited. Hope you guys are excited. Um, Thank you guys for sticking around, listening to us bullshit for a little bit here at the end. We love you. We appreciate you. Email us. Check out our website. um, Follow us on social media. And review, rate and review us, please, yes. so we can climb up the charts. Please. That is huge, huge, huge. That helps us get new followers. And we're, oh, one other thing. We've been really slack ass on social media. I've been really slack ass on social media. Megan's been at Half, least doing halfway some there. stuff. <laughs> I haven't done anything in like two months. So I'm going to do my damnedest to... Get better about that. Yeah, I we hate both social need to media. Get better at it. I hate social media. Hate it. I'm going to try for this podcast for you guys to post some things. So let us know what you want us to post. Yeah. <laughs> let us know what you want to see. Yeah, please. Um, and one last thing. Uh, I made a trip to the liquor store yesterday and found got a couple things lined up. Um couple other liquors line up that i'm very excited for and i we did not mention this earlier i'm so sorry papa manning uh oh i believe snap we I, are the worst yes we're so bad papa manning uh donated for us to get this whiskey uh, yes this, thank you papa West manning Campfire. thank wow. you so much thank you so much yeah. i can't believe we didn't mention that until now yeah i'm i'm sorry it slipped our mind wow uh, i feel like a trash can yeah we do want to uh get that in there here at the last little bit um, so thank you for that donation. I know it took us a little while to get to it, but we did get to it. Uh, hopefully you come out to visit uh, your daughter soon and can take a little sample mm-hmm. whenever you're out here. I would be happy to let you guys try anything that I have here that Megan hasn't taken home. I will bring stuff back if you want to try anything. I have not drank anything all the way through yet. Except for rabbit hole. No, I still have some rabbit hole. Conviction. Okay, I don't have any conviction conviction left, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm on my second bottle of rabbit hole, so there is some there. All right. Well, on that note. uh, We're just going on and on. Yep. We're going to get off here and uh, get this edited and get it up there. Definitely. So thank you guys so much. Um, Cheers. And most importantly, don't drink and drive. That made me sound like an alcoholic.